Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. We just want to welcome all those online, all those on our podcast. Welcome. Thanks for being a part of the service today. And we pray God's presence will just impact your heart and your mind in Jesus. A boy begs his father to get him a Christmas tree this year. Each year the boy asks and the father tells him, I don't want to pay for it. But the son kept begging, unable to bear his son's whining. He picks up his axe one day and heads out of the house. 30 minutes later, he returns with a great big Christmas tree. How did you cut it down so fast? His son asks. I didn't cut it down, the father replied. I got it from a tree lot. Then why did you bring the axe? Because I didn't want to pay for it. (laughs) I thought that was okay. If you have a good Christmas joke that isn't a one-liner, feel free to send it in. Hello at celebrationchurch.com.au. We would much appreciate that. That would be fantastic. I need all the help I can get. All right. Back when I was about 15 or 16 years old, I used to do a lot more... uh, well, trying to surf, I guess you would call it. Um, and a group of us went out to a beach, and the beach was a local beach. It was out of, near Kalala, and it was a beach called Windy Beach. Anyone been to Windy before? Yep. Uh, the locals would kind of know that. And it's a beach break beach, so the waves break on the sand there. And it was the first time I was surfing this Uh, this beach break and it was one of those days where it wasn't a huge day but the waves were extremely powerful and I think there was a groundswell coming through and it was one of those days where from the shore it looked okay but once you were out there and once some white water hit you or you fell off a wave you really knew that there was some power going on. The other thing about this beach, and it might be the same today, but often when you go out surfing, you look for where the the waves are breaking on the sandbanks, but then you also look for where the rip is going out. And to a swimmer, a rip is dangerous, but to someone surfing, you look for the rip because the rip can take you out quicker with less work and take you around the the breaking waves. And it's actually a surfer's friend, the rip. And basically what was happening though is that on this day, it was unusual because the sets would come in. And if you don't know what a set is, a set is a, every few minutes, a set of, or of three or four bigger waves together will come through. And when you're surfing, you wait for the three or four waves. You wait for the set. You don't wait for the small waves. You wait for the bigger waves. But what was happening is those waves, those sets, weren't just breaking on the shore bank here. All of a sudden, it was breaking on the shore break next to it and next to that. In other words, there wasn't really a shore break. It was just breaking everywhere. Even if you were in the rip thinking that I'm safe, all of a sudden, there was a wave that was about to break on your head. This is not good for anybody, especially me, who wasn't the best surfer in the world, and needed a rest every now and then. And you would sit there thinking, I, I've got paddled out, I can just sit here, and then, oh my goodness, there is a set coming, and it is coming right for me. And on this day, I remember being out there, and everyone was getting smashed by the waves. It wasn't just me. It was very powerful. I don't know. It was one of those days you go out, and you just think, maybe I shouldn't be out here, but you know, you're with your friends. Let's just give it a go. Um, And I remember sitting out there, and on the horizon was a bomb set. Now, a bomb set is, if you don't know what that means, it's a mega set. So you have your normal waves, you have your set waves, and then you have this random, what is that? Is that real on the horizon? And then everybody starts to paddle with all their might to try and get out to that before it wipes everybody out. Any surfers know what I'm talking about? Yeah, awesome, okay. (laughs) <laughs> Mark Maharab, yeah, awesome, fantastic. Western Sydney, represent, sweet. Um, 
And this set came in, this mega set came in, this bomb set. And I literally thought to myself, oh my goodness. And you have the thought, do I turn around and start paddling back in? And, and then I'm like, but I'm going to end up even probably more in trouble then. Or do I think I can make it? Because you want to make it over the way before it breaks. Because once it breaks, it's when they're rolling and it's not. So you're, I'm paddling, quick, go, 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 go. Get over the first one. You're like, yes. And it's one of those days where you come off the back of it and you think, oh, and oh this is, the second way is even bigger. <laughs> quick, quick, quick. Get, yes, just over that. And it's one of your friends is on the inside and they're just get, they're getting pumped by the way. You're thinking sucked into them. I hope they're okay. Paddle, paddle, paddle. Third wave. I'm over the third wave and you think, I hope there's not a fourth wave. Actually, no, let me just backtrack. Second wave that happened, third wave, I would paddle, paddle, go to the top, and then just, whoa, like, hey, bang, just rolled, just didn't know what way was up, everything went black, I don't know what was happening, anyone had that happen before, <laughs> and then you think to yourself, just relax, just relax. Anyway, I, you finally bobbed back up, and then there was another wave about to break on my head. And I thought, I'm already out of breath. I don't know what I'm going to do. Hits me, roll again. Black, I don't know what's happening, which way is up. Pop up again, and this bomb set actually had five waves to it. And I was like, and I was so exhausted, I just thought, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I dove down to the bottom. Like a, like a turtle on the bottom, grabbed the sand, <laughs> held on. And as this wave came and rolled over me, it picked me up off the sand. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so, but no, I picked me up and just rolled, rolled, rolled. This time, it was such a powerful wave and I couldn't get up to the surface and I probably was panicking a little bit to the point where I thought to myself, I have no more, I can't hold my lungs anymore. I think this is it. And any, if you've ever been, it sounds silly, but if you've ever been at that place where you have no more breath, and I thought, I need to take a breath. And I thought, I'm about to black out, I need to take a breath. And I took a breath. And, and well, by the way, while I was under the water, <laughs> not smart, don't do it. I think what happened though, luckily I was near the surface where I was all foamy, and I caught still liquid but also air in the bubbles of the foam and although I choked it wasn't like a full it wasn't a death type breath and I came up and then by that stage you just get your board and you just face forward like a bus driver they call it because you're just like this and you go I don't care what happens I'm just holding on to my board don't care how it looks from the beach I'm just going to bus drive this into the beach lay on the beach like a, a walrus and just I'm just going to just, just, you know, just pray and thank God. That... But in that moment where I took a breath under the water because I felt like I had nothing left in me, I was exhausted. I thought, my time is now. I don't know what else to do. And I took that breath. It was one of the scariest things that has ever happened to me. Luckily, by the grace of God, it wasn't my time. And I didn't die. I didn't go unconscious. And if you've ever been in some type of ocean uh, situation where you've been in that place where you're exhausted, you're fatigued. I mean, Bondi Rescue, the TV show, is just that for half an hour, normally with tourists who have just gotten off a plane. But I was the tourist that day. And, and it just taught me a lesson about valuing breath. <laughs> it taught me a lesson about not panicking. When you surf, and that day happened a few times, and it's happened a few times since, when those big sets come, when those big waves come, it sounds kind of silly, but if you have time and the waves are too big, you do let go of your board and you dive to the bottom and you hold on to anything you can. You go as flat as you can, because if you look at the momentum of a wave, it's like a roll like this, it rolls. Get under the roll of that and it won't pick you up. And... What happens is if you can do that, you're safe. If you can see it and you can relax. And I just, you've got to always relax in those situations. The minute you start to panic, 
The minute you feel like I'm done or it's out of, it's out of your hands is the minute you're in trouble. Yeah. I remember a couple of years after that, I was uh, at the school I was at, they were offering a scuba license course. And, and I was like, that sounds great. Anyone here have their scuba license? Dave, let's go scuba diving. Shalhaven River, let's do it. Gray's Beach. We can jump off the bridge, it'd be fantastic. And I remember going out and, and they, t- they, t- well, they take you, they do theory for a few weeks. I was in year 10 at the time. And then they, they take you into the narrow pool or the local pool. Because there, if you panic, you can launch yourself up like, I'm not going to die. But then they take you to the deeper end of the narrow pool. And one of, one of the things they teach you, and one of the things you have to pass to get your scuba license, which, by the way, a scuba license lasts forever. I don't know how that works. My scuba paddy license still lasts now, and I have no idea how to scuba dive. Anyway, it's beside the point. And they came to the final test day, and they'd done a few practices in the pool, and I, I realised that I was good at most things, but one thing I wasn't so good at was, was when I breathe in my mouth, I breathe in my nose a tiny bit. Does anyone else have this affliction? Yep, it's an affliction, isn't it? So, well, there, and one of the tests they get you to do is, you're under the water with your scuba gear on, and they get you to take your mask off under the water, put your mask back on, put your hands, your fingers on the top of your mask, put your head back, breathe in your mouth through your breath thing, and then breathe out your nose. And by doing so, it flushes the water out of your mask. The air from your nose flushes the water out as long as you're holding the top of your mask there. And the thought is this, if you're down 20 meters under the water, and you're with someone, and they kick you in the face by accident, and it hits your mask off, you need to be able to put your mask back on. So I was freaking out this day, because every time I breathe in my mouth, I breathe in my nose. And if you're 20 metres down, or whatever it was, you can't swim to the surface because there's air in your lungs, or you will get in trouble, the bends potentially, or whatever... And so we're down, and we're out of Bowen Island, on the outside of Bowen Island. Now, it is scary out there. It sounds nice, but it is like, in my head, Jaws Central. (laughs) So we go down, it's our final day, it's our test day, it's an open water dive. We're going down, down, down. At the bottom, it's giant boulders down there. I don't know if you ever, anyone ever, ever dived out there. Giant, big boulders. No fish anywhere. Jaws has scared them all away. And then little old Benaya, you turn Benaya out there, going, I've got to do this test. So I'm right down the bottom, the surface is right up, and I'm freaking out in my head going, don't panic. Don't panic. If you panic down here, no one can help you. Like, it's going to be a CPR type situation where bring him up, bring him back to life, don't panic. So we're down there and I'm praying, man, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. I'd practice at home, the nose thing, and I'm still getting water in my lungs. We're down there, they're like, okay, now take your mask off. So I took my mask off, can't see anything, put it back on, and they're trying to, I breathe in, and by the grace of God, I don't breathe up my nose, I just breathe in my mouth. A little bit of water might have got in, and I thought, don't panic. Now, here's how water in their lungs before, well, probably all of us at some point. When you start to choke, it is the worst feeling. I hate it. It's just like, so I'm there, and I'm, I'm going, and I can feel a little bit of water in my lungs. Don't panic. Relax. Don't panic. Long story short, I passed my license, came to the surface, And I thought, I can be your hero, baby. (laughs) To myself, singing that, obviously. (laughs) Today, for a few minutes, I'm speaking on breath. 
I'm speaking on the importance of breath. I want to speak on catching the breath of God. Catching the breath of God. And if you have your Bibles, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it'll be up on the screen, but it says this. It says, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and and the man became a living creature. God wants to breathe over us today. He wants to breathe his breath of life. When you were first born, it's amazing to watch um, how babies go from being in this womb full of liquid to being in a, a place where they take their first breath. The breath of life fills their lungs. God formed man from dust, but then breath is what made him a living creature. You see, in life, the enemy, the devil, will try and hit the wind out of you. Who here has been winded before? It's a worse feeling, being winded. It's just one of those things where you're trying to catch your breath. And it's just, you're trying to get a rhythm with your breath, and it's been knocked out of you. And life comes along. 2020, for many, has been a year of getting the wind knocked out of them. Whether it's through the bushfires at the start, whether it's through COVID, whether it's through recession and job changes, uh, whether it's through just the dynamics that have happened throughout our year, there's been this challenge in our society when it comes to Catching your breath. In Psalm 33, verse 6, it says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their hosts. It's through the breath of God that creation came about. And it's through the breath of God that God still creates. One of my prayers is still, God, breathe on me. God, I want to catch your breath. Because a breath isn't a one-off thing. You don't wake up and breathe once and then just live. You breathe every day. And you've got to understand this and hear the prophetic edge on this, that God is breathing over us today. Can we catch his breath? And his breath isn't bad halitosis breath. His breath is life. It's sweet. It's pure. It's something that you just... Uh, you take in and you enjoy because it brings life to every part of your heart and soul. In Job 33 verse 4 it says, The Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Now the Hebrew word for breath is ruah, spelled R-U-A-C-H. The first chapter of Genesis speaks of this. The ruler of God, or I think that's how you pronounce it. Please excuse me if it's not. The Holy Spirit is described as ruah Elohim. The ruler appears throughout the Hebrew scriptures as a spirit, but also as breath, as wind, and as wisdom. As breath, as wind, and as wisdom. Who wants more wisdom today? Well, you need the breath of the Holy Spirit in your life. Throughout the word, it speaks of ruah. It speaks of God's breath over us. And today, I want to encourage you that the Holy Spirit wants to breathe over you afresh. You know, when it comes to your actual breath, you take an average um, of 16 breaths per minute. This is from one source. 23,000 breaths a day. 8.4 million breaths in a lifetime of 78 years, if you have a life expectancy of that. Oh, sorry, uh, 8.4 million if you live to an average life expectancy of 78. And overall, uh, 655.9 million breaths in your lifetime. So just listen to that last bit. I've got the stats mixed up there. 
But basically, you breathe a lot. Why don't you take a big breath in now? Maybe you should have worn your mask, but that's okay. That's okay. I was reading recently a book um, about a guy who he went and he, he left his upscale life and he went and he lived for three years in the mountains in a monastery with a bunch of monks because he wanted to learn about how to live a life of happiness. And it came out of him meeting one of these monks and the monk was genuinely happy. And he said, I want to come and learn from you. I want to come and... And he went to this monastery and, he, and, 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 and the monk said, yes, we'll teach you. And as he was there on his first day, he walked past, um, it was like a, the kids' monastery section. Um, it was a class and it was the 101 of this monastery. And he asked these kids, this guy, and he said, what are you learning? What are you doing? And they said, we're learning to breathe. And he said, I know how to breathe. Look at me, I'm breathing now. And they said, no, no, you don't know how to breathe properly. Because if you can learn how to breathe well, you know how to live well. If you think about your breath, when you breathe, breath actually affects your state. When you are panicked, what happens is your breath increases. When you're under adrenaline, your breath increases. When you sleep, your breath changes. When you're rested, your breath changes. When you communicate, your breath changes again. When you exercise, it changes again. If you can control your breath, they said, you can control your life. And I think in our society, we must become masters of learning to catch the breath of God and be in rhythm with his breath. Are we good in our society because our society is vying for our attention? Noise, the news, the TV, Facebook, friends, family, uh, work, whatever it is. Noise, 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 noise. Do you know how to breathe? Because if you can control your breath in the midst of the chaos, you can control your life. Because breath is life. <laughs> Literally, that's the way God's made it. Your physical breath is your life. Your spiritual breath is your spiritual life. Therefore, we must be great at breathing well. Uh, on, on Friday, was it? Or Thursday? I was looking around because Ben, ben saw me. I went and done those, that click and collect thing at Kmart. Yeah, I thought I'm going to be a, in the modern list. Click and collect. My niece and nephew put in their request for Christmas. I said, okay. Went on the Kmart website. Click and collect. Sweet. I hate shopping. I hate it, it. It just kills my soul. It's just, unless it's shopping for like a motorbike or something nice. Oh man, I just. So, so my goal was I'm going to go into Nara, to Nara Fair or Stocklands or whatever it's called these days. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to just suck it up. I'm going to go. I'm going to face the crowds. <laughs> Went in there, got my click and collect. Got back in the car and left. It was great. Great, best shopping ever. Didn't see anybody, didn't have to talk to anybody. It was fantastic. Got home, opened the package. It was the wrong toy. <laughs> completely wrong, completely, completely wrong. And, and as you know, with maybe nieces and nephews, you can't get the wrong toy. If it's a, they wanted a scuffle love, whatever that is. Any, any parents know what a scuffle love is? Yeah, okay. No one even knows. They asked for that, some little toy. Well, you know what? It wasn't that. It was some flamingo. It was a flamingo toy. Okay. I have to go back in. So I go back in. The lady says, she goes, why don't you just, she said, you can have it. It's, this is worth way more than the scuffle of. I thought, that's good. Okay. That's good to know. I walked around and I lasted 20 minutes in Kmart, because I couldn't find anything. I kept running into people that I knew. Oh, by the way, one of them's in the room. Hello, how you going? Great to see you. I ran into other people, and I was just like, 
by people that I didn't know, which is different, but knew me. I had one lady talk to me for 10 minutes about my son. I don't even know who she is. <laughs> and Ben Green was with me, and he saw the whole thing. I was like, I don't know. Who was that? Like, like... <laughs> if you can't tell, if you knew, I'm a, I'm a bit of an introvert, so I don't... I do my best. Anyway, after 20 to 30 to 40, it felt like 20 hours, I had my trolley, I found my scuffle-of toy, and I just said to myself, I'm done. And, and I just left my trolley, and I walked out. And then I went over to Woolworths, and I thought, I'm going to do a shop from Woolworths. Lasted 30 minutes and thought, I'm done. Left my trolley. I'm sorry, there wasn't much in it. I, just, I was just done. I thought, I'm done. I can't. Anybody else relate to this at all? Okay, yes, one person. Yes. Thanks, Lania. I was just so exhausted. I thought, this is just... <laughs> oh, this is like a, like a counselling session, isn't it? <laughs> Long story short, my niece is not getting a scuffle of. She's getting the flamingo, and she will like it. That's it. <laughs> breathe, Benaya, breathe. I have no idea what I'm telling you this story for, an insight. Things that stop our breath, unseen circumstances happen. COVID happens. We're getting locked down. As a church, this has been a hugely challenging year. I know three pastors right now, or four pastors now actually, who are close to quitting because it's been so hard for them to try and pastor their church in a season of fear, people not turning up, not being consistent, all the challenges. It's been a tough year for many. People have lost jobs, people have you know, had trouble financially. Some people have had okay years financially, but others have had trouble. Not just that, but if you notice the year, it's been a year of um, an atmosphere of fear and anxiousness. So even if you, we don't have COVID or you don't have it, the threat of it actually can wear your soul down. It can wear your me mental space down. And I don't want to gloss over that because I don't think we need to just be tough and move on. I, 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 my heart for our church, and I keep saying it to Charlie, for our family is to finish the year kindly. Finish the year kindly to ourselves, to each other, but also uh, for our church community, just to be super extra kind. I don't have huge expectations of our teams right now. I don't have massive faith goals that I'm running. I don't, I'm not evaluating my year, which I'd normally do this time of the year. I'm simply saying to, to myself and to Charlie, let's just breathe. Let's just be thankful. 2020 has been a year like none other. And by the grace of God, we won't have one again. And we're coming into next year already. Restrictions are easing. Things are looking brighter. Um, Christmas is nearly here. And it's easy, though, to finish the year when you've been in that atmosphere of, of challenge to actually take it into your next year. And you're going to hear me just encouraging you and encouraging our congregation, be kind to yourself. Literally, just, just treat yourself with grace. Treat yourself with patience, with love, with kindness. As a church, let's just enjoy the year, uh, the end of the year. Let's, let's have joy in our hearts. Let's finish the year with laughter. Even if it's been the toughest year of your life, let's choose to finish the year with thanksgiving, with joy, with kindness. And so today is part of that because unexpected circumstances happen and it actually wins you. If you think about being winded, it's never an expected thing. You don't go, I'm going to be winded in a second. No, no, it's when you're playing footy and someone tackles you from the wrong direction, you didn't see it happening, and it wins you. It's when you, I got winded once playing spotlight here, jumped over a fence, foot got caught, hit the ground hard, on the ground, rolling around, oh, I can't breathe. I've spotted you, I don't care. Give me mouth to mouth, pretty girl that I liked. No, that sounds weird. High school, okay. 
Be kind. Be kind. Be kind to my preaching. No, no. It's okay. And the, the weird thing is, though, is that when Charlie and I speak about that at home, there's always something, even now, that comes up which challenges the whole thing of let's be grace, gracious and kind. The reason why I walked away from my shopping is I thought, I'm going to be kind to myself. I don't need to do this right now. Was it kind to the workers? Maybe. I don't know, but it was kind to me. So, and they're okay. Other things that stop our breath are unhealthy atmospheres. If you have asthma here or you've had any type of respiratory situation, dust is not your friend. It doesn't help you. You've got to be very guarded over the atmosphere around you. Be guarded over the conversations around you. Be guarded over what you listen to. Well, again, I, and I, I can only speak about my life, but Charlie and I are trying so hard to be guarded over the noise right now. For me, I'm not on Facebook uh, at the moment. If you try to look for me, it's nothing personal. My account is deactivated. Why? Because it's just, it's just noise I don't need right now in my head. I just need the right noise. I need the noise of my son's laughter. I need the noise of my wife's wisdom. I need the noise of good testimonies. I need the noise of thanksgiving. I need the noise of worship. This morning, I was just in worship. Just, I love the bridge of that song. Just talking about the beauty of Jesus. I need to be intentional. I don't need too much Channel 10 news in my head right now. Because if you remember, like we had headline every night for six months. Disaster, disaster, disaster. Just cut the noise. God's in control. Why? Because unhealthy atmospheres cause toxins. It causes us to not breathe properly. You've got to catch the rhythm of God. When I was at school, I'm giving you a bunch of illustrations today, but when I was at school, I used to do cross-country and I was quite good at cross-country. And any other cross-country runners in the house? Yeah. Um, I wasn't so good at athletics, but cross-country was more of my forte, I guess. And I remember, though, that uh, there was one PE teacher in, in, in the primary school days, and you would run as hard as you could, like really, really hard, get to the finish line and have the worst stitch in the world, yeah? And... You all know what stitches are, hey, it's that pain in here. And, and she would say, put your hand in your side and squeeze. Anyone else get that advice as well? Just put your hand, like, okay. Or put your hand on your head and, and breathe. Just breathe. Just keep breathing. Big in your nose, out your mouth. In your nose, out your mouth. And what would happen is when you got into the rhythm of that, it would cause the stitch to subside and you would feel better again. Once again, I'm trying to encourage us as a church to catch the rhythm of God's breath. Catch his heart. Take time to breathe. A couple of quick things before we finish. How do we catch the breath of God? Number one, allow his word to breathe over you. Can I hear an amen? Yeah. Because in 2 Timothy chapter 3, if you want to turn there, Turn there with me, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, it says, All scripture is God-breathed, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. The scripture is God-breathed. Why don't you say, God breathed? So if you ever want to catch the rhythm of the breath of God, you catch it by breathing in the Word of God. Now, I know this is very simple, but you'll be surprised at how many times we forget to simply catch the rhythm of the Word of God. Take time every day to read the Word of God. There are some great writers in the world. There are some great writers in history but none will compare to the living breath of the Word of God. All Scripture is God-breathed. I challenge you to make the Word of God, the Bible, the most read text in your life. You will be better off for it. You will be healthier for it. 
The second thing is this. If you want to catch the breath of God, allow his voice to breathe over you. John 20 verse 22 says, And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus breathed over them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. When God breathes over you, he breathes the Holy Spirit. When you hear the voice of God, you hear the breath of God. We just done an eight-week series on the prophetic, hearing the voice of God. Go back and listen to the podcast, catch it in your spirit. Be someone who knows how to hear the voice of God. Because someone who knows the voice of God is someone who is an extremely healthy, fruitful person. Because if I can be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, then I'm going to be okay. The third thing is this. And then we're going to finish with a bit of an exercise. Third thing is this. Allow awareness of his goodness to refresh you. Allow the awareness of his goodness to refresh you. Psalm 34 verse 8. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Taste and see that he is good. Take refuge in God. Taste and see that the Lord is good. (laughs) He is the best tasting thing. He is life. He is... I can't even put into words how great he is. (laughs) Taste and see that God is good. We pray that that card that we sent is going to send out, that people would just experience a taste of his goodness just through some text. God, that they, that they experience your goodness. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. The fourth way that we catch the breath of God in the final is this. We be still and know that he is God. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The thing is about being still and knowing that he is God is that it results in knowing how great he is. <laughs> Notice that scripture. Notice how it ties. It says, be still and know that I am God. And then it says, I will be exalted among the nations and I'll be exalted among the earth. So what happens is this. I see the set on the horizon. I see the bomb wave coming. And I think, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it over or through that wave. And God says, you think you need to paddle as hard as you can in life. You actually need to be still. You actually need to stop and actually go, I'm going to be still and be aware of the greatness of God. Find a still, quiet spot. I'm going to just use, I'm going to pick on my father-in-law for a second. Alan and Kathy live on a beautiful farm. And he took us up the back once to the farm, up on the hill. And he said to me, I don't know if you remember this, Alan. He said, he said, this is where I feel God the most. And it was just this quiet, open place, away from the noise, in the middle of the beauty of God's creation. Do you remember that? It's a moment of being still, and in the stillness, exalting the Lord. (laughs) What an art to be able to do that effectively. Because when you truly still your heart, that's when you can truly exalt him because you realize how great he is. And when you still your heart and your mind, it's when you start to hear and sense the breath of God. In the midst of the bomb waves, in the midst of the headlines, in the midst of 2020, you can be someone who is a worshiper because you've known how to still your heart before the Almighty God. A church that isn't so busy, so flappy, flapping their birds, flappy birds. 
And you remember I spoke two weeks ago about seeing the eagles above our house and they were catching the updrafts of God. Sorry, the updraft of the wind. And two pelicans went past. But the eagles didn't have to flap once because, and they were so high because they were catching the updraft. The updraft. And when you learn to be sensitive to the voice and the breath of God, you catch the updraft. The updraft. You're not a seagull flapping around trying to get some hot chips off a tourist. No, no. You're an eagle that's up high going, I'm cruising. I'm rested. I'm on top. God's with me. Because I catch the breath of God. Because I be still and I become a worshipper. And through that, I know God. Charlie and I, and we're going to finish with this exercise, have been doing um, an exercise. We try and do it every day. Um, when it comes to being still before God. And I'm going to try and do it with you guys. Is that okay? It might seem a bit unusual, um, but it's okay. We just read there that it says, be still before God. And in the book of Psalms, it says the word selah, S-E-L-A-H. That word means uh, stop and meditate on this. And so we've been trying to bring in um, a daily kind of tradition in our hearts or discipline of stopping before God. And it's, and it's, it, it's actually... Um, it's based around your breath, breathing, and then meditating on God. Don't allow the Eastern religions to steal the word meditation. It's not theirs to steal. Medit- stop it, be still, and know that I am God. Stop, pause, and meditate on this. King David said it so many times. So today, as we finish, let's take a moment... To stop before God and to breathe in the midst of 2020. Why don't you close your eyes? And just before we do that, I'm just going to ask a question. If you're sitting here in this place and you know that your heart is not close to Christ, maybe you've never given your heart to Jesus, maybe you have in the past and you've walked away in your heart, I want to give you a moment just to receive him to invite him into your life, to ask him to forgive you of your sins. God loves you. His heart is for you. His grace is greater than your mistakes. He's not angry with you. He opens his arms wide because he is a God of love. If that's you in this place and you want to receive Christ into your heart or get right with him, as everyone has their eyes closed, I just invite you to just put your hand up where you are and say, but I want to make sure my heart is right with God today. I want to give my heart to Christ today. In Jesus' name. Anybody in this place? If you are in this place or listening on podcasts, and that is you, just invite Christ into your heart. Simply pray the prayer. Confess him as your Lord and Savior, asking to forgive you of your sin and, and to be number one in your life and help you every day. And by doing so, he's faithful. He forgives us. He gives us a new start. As your eyes are closed, church, we're going to do this exercise now. You don't have to do it if you don't want, but this is what Charlie and I do, and it helps, helped us a lot. I might just get the keys to stop, if that's okay. What I want you to do, just for 30 seconds to start with, and keep your eyes closed throughout this exercise, and again, this is based on being still and knowing he is God, is for 30 seconds, I just want you to breathe in your nose and breathe out your mouth, but I want you to breathe in for three to five seconds and then breathe out for three to five seconds. If you want to place your hand on your chest to feel the breath, just focus on your breath. Three to five seconds in. 
three to five seconds out. And if your mind wanders, it's okay, bring it back. Just bring it back to your breath for a second. We're just stilling our minds. Now, I just want you to focus on three different noises you can hear in the room. Keep breathing three sec five seconds in and then out. Come back to your breath. Focus on your breath. Now I want you to list three things you're thankful for. That you're thankful to the Lord for. Just in your heart, in your head, just in your heart. Three things. Keep your breath. Three seconds in. Three seconds out. Thank the Lord for three things. Once you've listed the three things, just come back to your breath. next thing I want you to do is I want you to commit three prayer points to God three things you want to commit to him Couple more seconds. And the last thing I want you to do is I just want you to list in your heart three things that you have faith for that you're asking God to see in the future. And just thank God for those three things. Three faith steps. Faith being things you don't yet see but you're sure of according to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Thank you, Jesus. A couple more seconds. Awesome. You can open your eyes. How do you feel after that? Do you feel like you're catching your breath? Yeah? What you've just done then is you've taken time to be still, to still your heart and mind. You started with worship. You're thankful for three things. You went into prayer. You were praying for three things. And then finally, you were people of faith believing for three things. Now, you do that every day. It'll take you two to three to five minutes if you want. Go longer if you want to. Start your day with that. For me and Charlie, we actually finish our day with that. And what happens is it actually causes health to really rise up in our hearts. It's so cool. It's very simple. And you might ask, Benai, why, why do you do the start where it's about your breath? Because you've got to slow yourself down. And what about the noise thing? Hearing noises, it focuses your mind. Because what happens is you go, oh, the shopping list. <laughs> I'm going to put petrol in the car after this. What's for lunch? 
No, no, start to focus on the no those noises and then come back to your breath. It helps focus you in. And by doing so, you become a people who are very effective because you'd be surprised. Because at the end, then, you could have just kept breathing and waiting in God's presence. You could do it for another 10 minutes, just waiting in God's presence. God, speak to me. Is there anything you want to say? And you find that you start to sense, oh, God, you're, oh, you're showing me. Oh, okay, yep. That person comes to your heart, yep. And by doing so, it's just a way to outwork catching the breath of God. Does that make sense? Wasn't too weird, was it? Yeah, good. Praise God. Hey, why don't we stand to our feet? And we're going to finish just by praying over you. If you're here and you need extra prayer support, our altars are open if you need healing, if you need breakthrough. Can I get... Um, I'm going to ask someone, two people who are probably going to not like it, but I think they're very powerful. Bonnie and Dave, can you pop up for a second? Can you pop up? <laughs> Bonnie and Dave are a great couple in our church. And, and they're revivalists, they're hungry for more of God. Um, they've got a son that's... Kind of the same age as our son, but a little bit older. Um, but can you guys just pray over us a prayer of blessing, a prayer of revival? Um, if you're here and you're married, I encourage you to take your spouse's hand. Um, and let's just pray over this beautiful church family. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We just declare your love and your blessing over this place. We declare your peace and your breakthrough, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you're amongst us and you go before us in everything that we do. This week, the people that we come around, I pray that you would just give us your presence to give to them, Lord God, and give um, us your peace to give to them. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our midst. And I just declare your love and your Holy Spirit to go before us. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, God. Be blessed this week, Lord. We thank you for your presence, like Bon said. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, thank you just for your holiness. And I just pray for this couple right now, Lord. Bless them. Pour out your fire upon them. Pour out your revelation. Um, I just sense a prophetic gift in you guys, and I call it out today. I just see you guys just having words of knowledge, words of breakthrough, words of healing. Lord, I thank you for them both, and Hadrian as well. Bless them in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.